Father, thank you for bringing us together during this time of seed time and harvest. We thank you that, Lord, that the words that we speak uh, from you will be heard, we'll receive them in our heart, we'll be able to apply them in our life, and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so I don't want you just to be sitting there and not responding back. So you can respond back, talk to me, you know, add some things if you want to, because let's just have some fun today. Amen? So we're going to talk about seed time and harvest. Now, Jesus said that he wants us to have fruit in our lives. Did you know that? We're supposed to have fruit. Now, let me ask you, what kind of fruit are you? Are you a... I didn't say fruit cake. I mean... Are you a sour lemon? I mean, you know, people, are you complaining and, you know, bickering and causing trouble and just so down? And No, we're not sour lemons, right? We're, we're more like peachy keen, right? Hey, hey, how are you doing? You know, isn't it nice to have people that have a good smile on their face when you invite them to a party or something? You know, you wonder why you don't get invited to parties because you might be a sour lemon. You know, you might be like... A downer, you know, like, I don't know why nobody invites me to parties. <laughs> because uh, look at yourself, okay? Now, are you the apple of the Lord's eye, right? Knowing that he's looking down on you, or are you just going bananas? Are you just like, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what's happening? You know, you don't want to go bananas, right? That's not the kind of fruit we want. How about this? Are you using your coconut or are you just plum crazy? You know, <laughs> we got to know what kind of fruit you are. How about your anger? Are you the grapes of wrath or are you a cool tomato? <laughs> it's all right, baby. <laughs> I'm just cool tomato. Oh, okay. If you're single, are you just trying to get a date? Or, <laughs> did the singles get that? A date, yeah. Or, are you raising cane? You know, what, what, what kind of fruit are you? But Jesus said, he is looking for some fruit. Let's see if we can see some fruit here. Let's see the scripture. Oh, there's some beautiful fruit. Wow. Now, here's the encouraging thing. You're not in charge of producing the fruit. Because who, you don't see a tree sweating, trying to get a fruit come out. He just stands there, is watered and fertilized, and all of a sudden, fruit comes, right? So when you stand in the Lord, let me see the scripture here. Uh, let's go to, uh, yeah, let's do this one here. It says, you did, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go forth and just hang out. Just chill and don't do anything right? Just try to maintain yourself until I come back. No. He said, go forth and what? Bear fruit. We're supposed to bear some fruit. We're not supposed to be just, you know, chilling out on the couch, watching the World Series today at five o'clock. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, and your fruit should remain that whatever, and this is the part I like, oh, God, God is so good. He said, if you get some fruit, if you bear some fruit and it remains, uh, I, you'll, if you do that, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. What a promise. 
whatever. I like a whatever. Whatever you ask the Father, in a mighty name, he will give it to you. <laughs> so I, I, I like that about the Lord. He, he, he wants to give to us. You know, he says, if you work for me, I'll work for you. It, it, God is a rewarder. Is that not right? He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay, let's look at this next scripture. Here's, here's the key. Now, how do you get this fruit? He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? how much fruit? Much. Yeah, a lot. Much, much, much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. So God is interested in fruit. Not only fruit, he wants much fruit. And he says, how you do this? Abide. Abide. What's abide mean? In our, in our vernacular, hang out. Spend time with him. Isn't that true? It means to continue with, to dwell in, to endure with, to be present with, to remain with, to stand with. In our present-day vernacular, it means hang out. Do you open up the Bible, read the Scriptures, and hang out with Jesus? Let Him talk to you. Let Him minister to your heart. And when He gets that seed, when you get that seed on the inside of you, guess what? Your fruit starts to, or your your tree starts to grow, and fruit starts to come out, and you bear fruit. You don't even know. How, you don't even have to do it yourself. You just plant the seed. The seed is the word of God. When you plant it on the inside of you, guess what? Fruit comes. How easy is that? All he needs is a willing vessel. All he needs somebody to to uh, uh, yield to him and let him work through you. Isn't that good news? You know, the more time you spend with somebody, you start to learn their. You pick up their speech, their thoughts their attitudes, and their ways. Did you know that? You ever hang out with somebody and they have a little phrase that they use, and then all of a sudden you start saying it after a couple of days, and you go like, where did that come from? <laughs> I never used to talk like that. I remember last week I was talking to Arturo's boy, Eli, and I was asking about his sister. I said, where's your sister? Oh, she didn't come today. I go, that's exactly the way Arturo would tell me. I go, is Arturo in there? <laughs> So when we answer in the Lord's way, people say, is the Lord in you? Is that, I, I, I sense and I feel and I hear the Lord. Don't you feel that sometimes when you're talking to people? You, you feel refreshed because you feel like uh, they're speaking from the, from the Spirit of the Lord. Other times you talk to people and it's like, how long do I have to listen to this? I must have hit a chord there. <laughs> Because uh, when people are talking, they can talk forever, and you just enjoy hearing them talk because they're speaking the Lord's way. So fruit will come when you abide in the vine. Now, how, do this, how does this work? You plant seed. Let me, so Jesus told a parable. He said, the sower sows the word. Amen. Isn't that good news? And so uh, now Jesus, he didn't have, uh, uh, what do you call it? PowerPoint. He didn't have anything to, you know, he didn't have a pointer to show the, the people. But what he did, but, but I do. So let's see this next slide. He said there's four types of soil. And starting from the bottom left, he said, okay, the sower sows the, the seed. They didn't have machines. They just threw it like that guy was throwing it. So some fell by the wayside, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell upon the rock, which is right above there. And for a while, they started to grow, but then there was no root 
so it dried up and withered. Then some fell among thorns, and they started to grow, but the thorns came and choked it. And then some fell on good ground and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And the disciples, and then Peter said, well, thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. It's been a blessing. And don't just give Jesus a big hand. He did a great job today in his speech, and everybody left. And then the disciples went to him and said, Jesus, that was really a good story about the parable and everything. But what does it mean, you know? Because we all know about that. We're all farmers. We know we plant seed and everything. He said, he said this very important uh, sentence, and I'm saying it to you now. If you don't know that parable, you won't know any parable in the Bible. That's pre- so this is a pretty serious thing here. If you, didn't, if you don't know how God works in seed time and harvest, you'll never understand the Bible. Because we all want the instantaneous, got to have it now, microwave, I pray today, I get it tomorrow, I can't wait till tomorrow, I need it in 30 minutes, let's have it, okay? Where is it, Lord? Come on, right? But he said, no, that's not how it works. You plant seed, you pray, you believe God, you talk to him, and that seed starts to grow, and before you know it, you have it. Even when you take medicine, it doesn't stop right there, does it? Usually they say, take this for a week, twice a week, twice a day for a week, and you'll see yourself get healed. But we want to pray like, okay, wh- where are you, Lord? Come on. What's the holdup? But it doesn't work that way. So Jesus said, okay, here, disciples, I'll, I'll tell you how this works. The sower is someone that spreads the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God, and the seed is always the same. That's not a variable. It's a constant. The seed is always the same. The Bible is always the same. When you put it in your heart, it will grow. It will uh, produce according to the soil. The soil is the condition of your heart. How is your heart? If your heart's not open and receptive to the Lord, it's just going to bounce right off, and it's not going to get planted, and it's not going to produce fruit. So roadside is when people hear the Word of God, but it doesn't take any root. They, They don't receive it. Rocky is where when they hear the word, they immediately they receive it with gladness, but then they have no root in themselves, and so endure just for a time. And then afterwards, when tribulation or persecution comes, for the word's sake, they immediately leave it. You know people like that? They come to church. Oh, they come at harvest time, you know, visitor's day. Oh, it was so good. I liked the word. It was wonderful. Praise the Lord. You coming back? No, we just want to stay at home. We don't want to go to church. You know, it's good. But, you know, it, it just doesn't take root for a minute, but then it doesn't come root. Because what? Maybe the Super Bowl's on, or maybe, you know, family vacation. You got to go do something. Before you know it, you're not even going to church anymore. And thorny is the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And then the last one is the good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, and produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. Now, bringing it down to our our day and age, by the roadside, when you go and you witness to somebody, you say, God loves you, He cares for you, has a plan for you, He wants to, you know, fellowship with you, and they go, yeah, 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 I don't know if I even believe in God. No root, didn't even take hold at all. You been there? You say, well, how could you receive, refuse God? God's reaching out to you. But they have wayside heart. And then there's the stony. They hear that God loves them, God cares for them, He has a promise for them. They go, yeah, yeah, that's really great. And they go home and they tell their friends, and their friends go, you believe that? Oh, I prayed before, nothing happened. 
you're not going to get anything. And then you start to, you know, wither. Oh, my gosh, I'm not believing God. I gave up. I know we've all been there, right? You don't get it right away. You say, oh, maybe this isn't working. I, I prayed. It didn't happen within a week. So that's the, on the rock, not, not, no root in themselves, not wanting to continue and not give up. Then there's the thorny. You, get, you accept it, but then you get busy with work and activities and family events, and you don't have time to read your Bible and cultivate what was sown in your heart. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're farther and farther away from the Word of God because you're doing other things. And God is saying, I'm calling you, come back. But because of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, it chokes out the Word. And then you don't have, it's not growing in you. But then there's the kind that receive it and produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. So you plant seed, and we have to know there's a grow, you plant the seed, there's a growing season, and then a harvest season. Is that not right? We want the growing and the harvest season to be like close together, but sometimes it's not. And Jesus said, well, the kingdom of God, let me see if I have this scripture. Yeah. He said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow, he himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. Did you know that? The seed of God will produce by itself. You don't have to make it produce. Isn't that good news? Can you... Can a seed, I mean, in the seed is all that's necessary to produce what you're putting on the inside of you. And so, so you, you plant the seed, you water it, you go home, you sleep, you get up the next day. You, like there's a thing that I'm believing God in my feet for. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm planting the seed. I know that by your stripes I am healed, right? I think that my feet are not tingly. <laughs> I think that they have strength in the name of the Lord. So I didn't give up, you know, if it didn't happen right away. I, all throughout the day, I kept saying, thank you that my feet are strong. Thank you that I'm not tingly. I thank you that I have the, the health that's supposed to be there. And so every day, every day, they keep getting better and better and better. Why? Because the seed produces by itself and a little bit at a time, right? You go to bed and all of a sudden, see, now I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a farmer, you know, I'm a city boy. So, so I don't know how these things work, you know. I, but if I had a farmer, if I could just have a farmer here to explain this to me, I think I could understand it better. Amen? If I could just get me a farmer. Charlie? Oh, here's a farmer. Well, brother. Uh, did, did I hear someone say something about a farmer? Yeah, I was looking for a farmer. Do you know of any farmers around? I'm one. Okay, good. You look like a farmer. <laughs> I am. Okay, you are. Well, I need to do some planting here. Can you help me out? Uh, of course. Okay. Bob, maybe, and, and, and Stan, can you bring me, I got, I got some planting mix over here. If you bring that table over here, and we can get this thing. We'll get some lessons learned here. No, the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole table. Oh, the whole kit and caboodle. There you go. Make it easy for you. All right. You didn't know we were going to have a... Things happen on the farm. Yeah. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You reap what you shall sow. Okay. Well, that's good because, see, I got some, I got some seeds here. I went to the market and I got me some seeds. So what kind of seed are they? 
Oh, I don't know. I just went there, and I just, they had a basket, and I just picked some up. But I want corn. I'm looking for corn. That's what I'm looking for, corn. Well, if you want corn, you have to plant corn seed. Really? Really. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> I thought you just kind of wish and you hope and, you know, whatever happens, happens, uh, you know? It doesn't work that way. Doesn't it work that way? So what you're telling me is what I plant is what I'm going to produce. So if I plant seeds of love, I'll receive love. If I plant seeds of prosperity or provision, is that how that works? That's correct. That's the way it works. Okay, let me see what I got. I got tomatoes. Okay, we'll go with tomatoes. Okay? Okay. All right. You got tomatoes. Okay. Let me pray now. Father, I just thank you that this seed is going to produce tomatoes. Hallelujah, Lord. I believe it. Amen. Well, that's good that you prayed for them, seed. Now we have to plant them. Oh, oh, you got to plant them. Oh, okay. Jeez, didn't know that. I just put my Bible on the table, and then I just pray, Lord, you know, bring this to pass. No? No, you, you have to read in. that. You okay. just can't sit it there and pray over it. You have to read it. Oh, okay. All right, so I'm going to, I got the seed, okay? So I'm just going to pour it in there. No, 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 no. You have to prepare the soil. Prepare the soil. Oh, okay, got it. Prepare your heart. Okay, I got it. All right. So you uh, hold that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, is this the devil's or is this no? That's supposed to be a pitchfork. Oh, yeah, just a pitchfork. Use, use it with hay. Okay. All right. So we're going to prepare so, the soil. We're going to prepare the soil. Okay. Good. Wait a minute. What is this? Get this out. How does this get in? That's here? a rock. Okay. It's no good. No good. This is also a rock. Okay. Get it out of there. Okay. Okay. So we, we're going to prepare the soil. Okay. Okay. Is it prepared? Uh, let me put a little bit of uh, juice, nutrients. No, it's called fertilizer. Oh, fertilizer. Okay. So we're going to pour a little bit of this in there. Okay. Got it. All right. And we're going to mix it up. Mix it up. Good. Good. And, and now we're ready to plant the seed. Plant the seed. Ready? Okay. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Right. That's good. Okay. That's good. You good, mean, good you mean these seeds are going to make tomatoes? Yes, because in each one of these seeds, uh -huh. there is a tomato plant wanting to get out. Really? Yes. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I don't see how that's going to work. Come on, these are just little guys right here. Well, yes, but uh, they produce after themselves. Okay, so what else you, do I got to do? You plant tomato seed, you get tomatoes. All right, okay. You plant corn, you get corn. I heard that already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> okay, so now what we do, water? Uh, yeah, we have to water it, and we have to tend to it. We have to keep the weeds out so it mm -hmm. doesn't choke the new plants. Right, weeds. Right, so we have to do that. Go ahead and water it. Okay. Oh, very good. Okay. Now, all right. Oh, where, 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 where are the tomatoes? Uh, you said you said that if I planted, I would get tomatoes. You have to wait a while. You have to wait for the harvest. Oh, I gotta wait. Yes. <laughs> I hate that word. From wait, from wait. planting the harvest, you have to wait. How long do I have to wait? A while. A while. But first, you will see the seedling come up. Yeah. And then you will see the plant grow up, uh -huh. and then from the plant, you will receive the fruit. You promise? Yes, I promise. Okay, well, I'll trust you. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of the weeds, take care of the, the what else do I have to take care of? The, the, the bugs. The and bugs, whatnot. yeah. Take bugs. care of everything on that. Yeah, I've seen the bugs before. And okay. 
So then, okay, so you said just wait, just keep waiting. Just wait, and you will see the results. Okay, all right. At, at the time, you will see the fruit will come forth. Okay, thank you, Farmer Charlie. Oh, you're I, quite welcome. I appreciate I'm glad that. I thank you so much. You and uh, I'll, 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 we'll keep you in touch. If there's any problems, I'm going to let you know about it, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Very well. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. How, how many of you are going to take that challenge? Amen? Uh, yeah, Pastor Charlie's in pastoral training. <laughs> I make him do these kinds of things. <laughs> but he looks like a real farmer. Amen. Okay. So you say, and I'm going to give you seven fruits that you can have, that you can find in the Bible. Are you ready for them? Seven fruits. Ready? Let's look at, here they are. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness, the fruit of our lips, the fruit of soil, soul winning, the fruit of giving, the fruit of good works, and the fruit of the Spirit. So what you can do is you can pick up any one of these fruits or all of these fruits and get a reward from the Lord. Isn't that nice? Praise God. Let's see how many you guys can collect here, okay? And if you're not collecting them, maybe you can start collecting them. So let's look at this one. Fruit of righteousness. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this I pray, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. There it is right there. You can have, what does that mean, fruits of righteousness? What is righteousness? It means right standing with God. You say, well, I don't know if I'm in right standing with God. Well, if you accepted the Lord in your heart, you are in right standing with God. So don't argue with them, amen? <laughs> and so the Bible says, if you are uh, righteous, then you should do righteous things. Is that not true? Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, you, you guys have heard the story of the Good Samaritan, haven't you? where a guy was left on the side of the road. He was beaten. He was stripped. He was, they took the money from him, and he was laying there half dead. And a certain priest came by, and he saw him, and he walked by. Excuse me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then a Levite came by and said, Oh, my gosh, excuse me, and kept walking. But then there was a good Samaritan. Hallelujah. How many good Samaritans do we have out there? So the good Samaritan went by and said, Oh, my dear brother. Let me help you. He anointed his wounds. He healed them. He put them on his donkey. He took him to an inn, and he said to the innkeeper, take care of this man, and, you know, if I'm going to leave, and if he needs anything, let me know, and I'll pay for it. Isn't that beautiful? And so Jesus asked the, the people that he was telling the story to, he said, which one of these three guys showed mercy? And they said, well, the guy, the Samaritan that took him in and put him in the inn. And you know what Jesus said? Go and do likewise. Now, that was just a nice story, and Jesus said that. We don't really have to do that, right? Yes. If it was true then, it's true now. But how many times has that ever happened to us? Well, surprisingly enough, just in time for this sermon, <laughs> it happened to Lupi in the back with her daughter, Analia, and they were at Starbucks, and they saw this woman. She had two kids. She had suitcases. She was all packed up, no place to go, and they looked and said, I think this lady needs help. 
And so they thought about it for a little bit. They took care of some things. They came back. They said, if she's still there, we're going to help her. They weren't thinking about anything, but fruits of righteousness was springing up. So what they did is they went to her and said, ma'am, do you need some help? She began to cry and said, yes, I do. And she told them the story. She doesn't have a place to stay. She lost her car. She doesn't have a job. So Lupi and Analia, and Lupi says, well, we can take you to Dream Center. And Analia said, oh, yeah, we just went there last week with the youth. And that's a wonderful place. They'll take care of you. They'll make you feel good. And so she said, okay. So they went there, but it didn't work out. They took her back to Fullerton. The Fullerton Police Department said, well, we'll find you a place, but we can't find it for you right now. So what did Lupi do? According to the Good Samaritan, she said, let me put you in an inn, a hotel for the night, and let's see what happens tomorrow. Sure enough, they found her a place the next day. And so she was able to. So Lupi comes all the way back, picks her up, takes her at 11 o'clock at night to her place where she's supposed to go, where she's, it's going to be in Covina, so she'll be able to come here uh, when she gets a chance. And so it was a fruit of righteousness that she was, she was doing. She didn't plan it. It just came, jumped up out of her. Amen? Praise the Lord. Give her a hand. Amen. The next one is fruit of holiness. Some people must say, might, might say, I, I can't be holy. It says, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness. There it is. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was there. And to the end, everlasting life. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy, right? So that means that we're supposed to be separated. We're supposed to be clean and pure in heart. In Psalms 24, it says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You want to be with God? You want to hang with God? Get yourself pure, get yourself holy, get yourself cleansed so that you can be in the presence of the Lord, amen? He has made us holy, but the more holy we allow it to operate in our lives, the more we're able to be in contact and communication with Him. Amen? amen. Hebrews 12, 14, this is a hard one. Ready for this one? Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Oh, my gosh. How can light dwell with darkness, right? How can you be living in sin and then go, okay, Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Amen? That's not, you can't do that. You can't worship God and then not do what he says. So, the, so you might say, well, I can't be holy. Well, none of us can be holy. Only the holy God that comes on the inside of us that makes us holy, that, that we can be holy. Praise God. He influences our heart and our mind. He, he, you give him your heart and your life and your desires, and he loves, it, loves you, and he fills you up with himself. There's no greater joy or pleasure to be in the presence of the Lord, to feel him touch you, to have a moment with him where he says, I love you, my child, with an everlasting love. Let's see the, the, the picture I have of that. You know, when you just praise the Lord, all of a sudden you know that it's him and it's you, and he loves you like no one can love you. There's no one in this earth or world that can love you like him. Praise the Lord. And you say, well, well how do I have fruits of righteousness? Well, we have another example. I was talking to Rosie, and she was saying that she's been coming to the parenting classes, and they say we should influence our children, even if, if they're already grown. So when she watches a movie, and it's 
unholy things come up, she, she steps up and says, why is that in the movie and why are we watching this? <laughs> we don't need to be watching this. Holiness just springs up on the inside of her. So the kids know now we, we can't watch movies like that around here. You know, mom will not allow it. The fruit of holiness, the fruit of being pure and want to be one with the Lord. Praise God. Are you, are you getting any of this? You, you, can, you can look for righteousness. You can look for holiness. Here's another one. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks. What's coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is that not true? And you can speak to the Lord and give Him thanks wherever you are. When you're driving down the freeway, when you're waiting in line, when you're at church, oh yeah, even at church, praise the Lord. You can thank the Lord and give Him praise. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for making a way, a pathway for my life. Thank you for seeing ahead and knowing what I need before I know I even need it. Come on. You know, we got to thank the Lord. You know, when we were kids, we used to make our kids say, thank you. Can you say thank you? It was so hard for them. Thank you. No, come on. Say th <laughs> thank you. Exactly. And that's what God's look, looking for us. Says, uh, David said, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live and, make, and give praises unto him. I will praise the Lord for it is good and pleasant and it is beautiful to behold. Make known his deeds among the people. Thank God for everything that you have. God is a good God. Amen. And so the fruit of our lips, what comes out of our mouth, should be, you know, pure, uh, praise-worthy words. We can't say, I just love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, but I can't stand that person right there. This person really bugs me. This person, I don't know why, don't come near me. Don't even sit by, hallelujah, Lord, keep that person away from me. I don't know why, you know, why is she wearing that anyway? My Lord. You seen that hairstyle? Oh, my gosh. That's outdated. I mean, cool. Hallelujah, Lord God. How can goodness come? <laughs> How can good water and bitter water come out of the same fountain? It can't. Right? Cleanse your heart, the fruit of your lips, giving praise unto God. Okay, the next one is what? Well, let's see, let's see the people praising God. Galilee, there you go. Isn't that beautiful to behold? Yeah. Our church should look like that, where everybody's caught up and singing unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, the next one is fruit of soul winning. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also. I need some fruit, some fruit. I need some people that you've brought to the Lord. If you go to heaven and you haven't brought anyone to the Lord, that's a sad day, isn't it? <laughs> the Lord say, well, welcome, but who did you bring with you? I, was I supposed to bring somebody with me? I, I, I made it. I got in. If you don't bring anybody with you, you don't care about the things of God. You know, I, I had to learn when I found out what hell is like, I had, I, it became a passion with me to get people to accept the Lord, to get them to know the Lord. And so it, it's like a passion that I, is unending. I can't stand to see anybody miss heaven. Right? Heaven is so wonderful, glorious, the joy of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the anointing of God, the love of God, as opposed to what hell is like, burning fire, worms that don't die, you know, torment and terror for all the, for eternity. 
I wouldn't want that on my worst enemy. So I go out of my way. I try to figure out ways. How can I get people saved? How can I bring them closer to the Lord? And I'll do, like I have a friend that's Jewish. And so we made a little deal. So every time, you know, he has to play, I said, I'll go to your play, but you've got to come to the church. He said, okay, well, we'll do that. So we've done this twice already. And uh, so he went to this. <laughs> he had a play just last week. And he didn't tell me this, but it was an Italian play. And so he was doing, his, he was mimicking being Italian. And so he, he wasn't 100% Italian. You know, he, he's, he's still American Italian. It's kind of like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and it's, it says Mexican restaurant, but it's served by gringos. <laughs> Was that the right term? <laughs> so it, it looks... It, it, Kind of tastes like it's Mexican, but it's not really, you know. So he's doing his Italian, and he said, well, how was my Italian? I go, well, it's part, you were part Italian, you know. I mean, it's like not all the way, you know. So you have to. I said, but where did you learn to talk like By listening to you, he said. <laughs> okay, well, all right. But see, when he comes to church, he asks me questions about the Lord. I'm trying to draw him in because his I think his mother's Jewish and his father's Christian, so he has a little bit of both. You know, he knows more Scripture than a lot of people know. But now I just got to bring him in with the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God. So I, I, the, I, you can pinpoint people by asking them, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And what do they usually say? I hope so. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. I go, how would you like to know for sure? Go, yeah, how, how, how do you know? Well, it says right here, if you accept Jesus in your heart and believe that he died for your sins, you can go to heaven. You can be adopted into the family. Go, you want to do that right now? Go, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do that. And you do that, and you wait for the Lord to minister to them and, and speak to them, and all of a sudden, they feel the presence of the Lord, and then you can ask them, now do you feel like you're, now, do you feel like you're going to go to heaven? And they usually say, yeah, I, feel, I felt the down payment. I felt that spirit of the Lord. I know I belong to him. Amen? Amen. Fruit. I need some fruit out there. Come on. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see the picture. Do we have a picture of somebody soul winning? There you go. There you go. How, how the person's full of joy. They just were born again into a new world. Amen. So let's look at the next fruit. The fruit of giving. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again from my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Now, I read that, and I said to myself, I didn't even know I had an account. <laughs> Do you know you got an account? They're writing down everything that you're giving, and, and, and you know, the angels are charting it. And, and I heard this, and I, uh, it's not in the Bible, so I don't know if it's 100% true. Pastor Fred, maybe you can clarify this. But the angels write down what you gave and the attitude in which you gave it. Whoa, that is something else, isn't it? So because God loves a what kind of a giver? Did you say tearful? Cheerful. Oh, a cheerful giver. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, some people say, I just give, I don't expect anything in return. You do, right? Well, if it's offered, you may as well take it, right? You give because you, get, you love the Lord. But every, most places in the Bible, it says if you give, it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, right? 
It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house, that I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Well, God is trying to tell us something. He says, you're not going to give to me and I'm going to withhold from you. I'm going to be the same kind of giving that, that you are, right? It says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all of your increase so that your barns would be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst forth with new wine. I want to give you abundance. I, I want to bless you for the giving that you've given to me. Amen? God doesn't like to be outgiven. Don't you, when, when people give you a gift, don't you like, oh, man, that is so cool. I, I, need, to give, I need to give you something. I, I remember one time... I was believing God to take Marianne uh, somewhere on the weekend. I didn't have any money in those days. And I said, Lord, if you could just give me something like, you know, some money so I could take my wife out on the weekend. And so we were cleaning up the church, and somebody came and gave me an envelope. And so I put it in my coat pocket, cleaned up the church, and then I opened it up. And there was five $100 bills in there. I said, oh, this guy must have given me the wrong envelope. He, this is probably his bill money or something like that. So I went up to him, and I said, oh, I didn't talk to him. I couldn't talk to him for two or three days because I'm thinking, how do, I, how do you thank somebody for that? So finally I said, you know, Mike, I, 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 you gave me an envelope. It had $500 in it. He goes, yeah, I know. The Lord told me to give it to you. I go, but Mike, you don't even have a job right now. You, you came in from England, and you're looking for a job. He says, yeah, the Lord told me if I gave to you that God would bless me with a job. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sure enough, within about a week or so, he got a job making more than what he thought he was going to make. But still, I couldn't not give him something back. So I knew he was moving out here, and I had a bunch of furniture and a refrigerator in my, my garage. So I said, Mike, you know, uh, I got a refrigerator, extra refrigerator, and I got some furniture. Why don't you come on over and take it for your house? He goes, okay. I just couldn't, you know, just take it. I had to give him something back. That's what the Lord did. He had to give something back. So sure enough, Mike rolled up, got the refrigerator, got his furniture. He goes, I thought you were going to give me just a little like refrigerator. I didn't know a whole big, you know, regular size refrigerator. And I said, yeah, the Lord told me to give it to you. So one week later, guess what happened? Our refrigerator went out. <laughs> I said, my Lord, what happened here? <laughs> I gave away the refrigerator. And so I said, Lord, we just need a refrigerator. And sure enough, someone gave us a refrigerator, brand new refrigerator. And then people kept giving us refrigerators. Our good friend that just had, down the street, she needed a refrigerator. I said, I got an, ex I got, I got an extra one coming in. And people kept calling and wanting to give us refrigerators. Because what, whatever you sow, that's how you reap. I sold a refrigerator. I kept getting refrigerators. It got so bad, people started calling me, hey, do you have any more refrigerators? I go, please. What do, I, do I look like the Lord? Come on. <laughs> okay, we got two more. Are you ready? Are you trying to collect some, some fruit here for your account? Okay, the fr let's see. Let's go to the scripture, fruit of good works. I do not cease to pray for you and to ask you that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, <laughs> filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understandings, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. When I first read that, I said, gosh, the Lord is watching me. He wants me to be fruitful in everything that I do. 
So when I get into the car and get ready to go driving, I said, okay, Lord, let's get some fruit here. <laughs> Use me to bring some fruit. Fruit in every good work. What pressure is that, right? So I was studying some people that had done some good works, and I ran across this guy. He was a U.S. serviceman, and at the end of the Korean War, he was coming home, and one of his friends had, was taking care of a child that had lost their parents in the war. You know, war is devastating. You know, parents die. People die. And so he said, well, how are you going to take care of this little child? And she said, the Lord will provide. He said, well, you know, I'm going back home. All I have is $5. Let me give you my last $5. And when I get home, I'll send you $5 every month to help take care of the child. Isn't that nice? That was good work. Guess how, guess how the fruit came. That person is, known, is, is named Bob Pierce. He started an organization called World Vision. And they, they give to over 100 countries, and they have over 40,000 employees off of one $5 gift that the Lord told him to give. He had fruit in his account. Amen? He became fruitful in every good work. It didn't end there. So then he started a new uh, organization called Samaritan's Purse. And he had this young man that was wanting to tag along with him. Because his dad, this, this, this young man's dad, was a very famous evangelist, and he said, I can't do what my dad does because everybody will compare me to him, and I, I can't, you know, live in his um, footsteps. But, and he was kind of a wayward man, wayward guy. He was so bad, when he was growing up, his mom would take him and his sisters to go get hamburgers. And so he would act up so much, the mother had to tell him, you know what, you... I'm going to put you in the trunk. <laughs> he actually put him in the trunk. And they went to the, get the hamburgers, and they opened up. Well, what do you want? <laughs> okay, you got it. Now, you, he, this mother would go to jail today. You know who that young boy was? Franklin Graham, you know it. Franklin Graham, yes, Billy Graham's son. But Franklin enjoyed being with the missionary. He said, this is my niche. This is what I like to do. So he's now over Samaritan's Purse and over Operation Christmas Child, which we're sponsoring here at the church. And let's see a picture of this. And see how happy the kids are. See, these are where your boxes are going so the kids can be so happy. And uh, for now 29 years, they've been doing this. And they have passed out over 100 million boxes. 100 million boxes. Now, Stan came to me. He said, this is a shoe box. Are we supposed to put shoes in there? I said, no, no, no. You're supposed to put gifts for the kids. Yeah. Right? Well, they got to walk on something. Yeah. <laughs> they got to walk on something, he said. But <laughs> so my son, he went and he collected for us for our shoe boxes last night. And so I looked at the shoe box and go, these are stuff that I would want. Let's just keep, I want this box. So the kids are going to like it even more. A yo-yo, a light, you know, magnet, a ball that bounces. Hallelujah. Amen. So you guys are getting fruit. Pastor Chuck, the boxes they donated were uh, counterfeited. A girl's box and a boy's box. Yes. So you do have to put right. Exactly. 
It's boy and girl and then the age. Now, the last fruit, and you guys that are doing the, the, uh, the shoeboxes, you're getting fruit, fruit from, from every good work. Now, here we go. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are you producing that fruit on the inside of you? Hopefully so, right? Now, some theologians said the fruit of the Spirit is love, then semicolon, all these other things happen in love. So the main gift, main fruit, notice it's just one fruit of the Spirit, is love. God is love. How do we get love on the inside of us? Well, let's look at this scripture right here, this last scripture. When you quote this scripture, this has been the love chapter, when you quote this this passage, you plant seeds into your heart, and then all of a sudden you will act the way this is describing. Isn't that good? So you won't even recognize yourself. Bindi can testify that you will become a different person. You become a God child. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Is that you? If they said, well, uh, let me see. Uh, how would you describe that person? Would you say, oh, they're, they're, they're patient and they're kind? They endure long. I, I first learned this. I said, well, I can endure short, you know, for a little bit. But then after a while, you know, I just, <laughs> I, I can't take it no more. But Bible says God's love in us endures long and is patient and kind. I can endure long, but I can't be patient and kind. When you're in line and the lady's fumbling around with their coins, you know, okay, what do you need, okay? I, let me get it for you, okay? Patient, not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Isn't that right, Bob? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't bother me. <laughs> Anybody touchy or fretful here? Well, all you have to do is allow the Lord to impart his seeds of love on the inside of you. A couple more couple more of this, of this passage. Next, next slide. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. How do you do that? That person wronged me. It, it, well, well, it says pay no attention to it. Well, well he, he... No, keep going. Where are you going? Okay. Why just... Please, can you... No. <laughs> there was one minister that was going over this, and somebody had a cell phone that went off, and he went into the second row, grabbed that cell phone, and went like this, slammed it down, and said, okay, now let's get back to this thing here. Love endorses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Takes no account. That means it's not counting. It's not counting. That's the third time you've done that. I've had it. You know, it's been 10 years, and that's the third time that you've done that, and I've just about had it with you. No. Takes no account of the evil done to a pays no attention to suffer wrong, bears up under anything and everything. Well, I can't bear up under it. No, but love can. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I don't just see why that person is that way. You believe the best of them, right? Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures how many things? Everything without weakening. Love never fails. So if you want to have some fruit in your life, put the Word of God inside of you, in all of these areas, and watch God work in your life. Amen? We want to have fruit of righteousness. We want to have fruit of holiness, fruit of our lips, fruit of soul winning, fruit of giving, fruit of good works, fruit of the Spirit.
Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we come before you today, we can see that you want fruit from our lives. And that, Father, you will help us to uh, produce that fruit in our lives as we spend time with you and allow your seeds to come on and mature on the inside of us. So, Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you right now, Lord God. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you would, by a show of hands, would say, you know what? I need to get some more fruit into my life. I need to get more seeds planted in my heart, into my soul. If you have that need, just raise your hand. I want to pray over you where you're at. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you that those hands that are raised is them acknowledging you, that, Father, they need to produce more fruit so that you may be pleased with their life. So, Father, I thank you that you touch them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that we abide in you, and we will see fruit come in seed time and harvest. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.